I'll be able to get the uh, get the kinks out of that uh, that one part about the science. Yeah, I trust know. me, I am a PhD. <laughs> trust me, and I'm not. I have a I have a paper that proves it. Welcome to I Used to Know. I'm Scott, and I'm Steve. We are your hosts for this adventure into the past, where we dive into things we used to know when we were kids that are no, no longer, longer true. So, Steve. Yes, Scott. We were neighbors. We lived in the same sort of lake community. That's right. And your dad had a boat. He did. And you guys went out on the boat all the time, and we just stared at you at the shoreline. <laughs> dad loved that boat. He used to take the whole family out there, and we would just cruise around on the water and go dock at a floating kind of square pier floating in the middle of the lake and hang out there all day. It was fun and boring at the same time because every once in a while my mom would say you cannot go swimming because you just had some food and you guys brought a big picnic lunch out there or something We'd, yeah we would bring out sandwiches we would bring out chips um and it would it'd basically be our our provisions for the rest of the day and i'm, I'm kind of like a snacker so i just have like a little bit of food and then not even think about it go oh now i can't go swimming for a half hour just How getting, about you? For me, it wasn't the same. We didn't have a boat. We had a canoe, and that's not quite as exciting to go out and just hang out in the middle of the lake. So what we would do, though, is my dad would come home from work, and then we'd usually have dinner, and then my brother and I would be like, hey, let's go swimming. And, of course, we couldn't go swimming right away because we just ate. So then eventually, though, I think my parents would give up on our whining, <laughs> and they would take us to Rose's Beach. Rose's Beach. <clears throat> which was... Um, one part sand and nine part rocks. And curiously, no roses. And not a single rose to be found. And we would go swimming, in, you know, after 30 minutes of waiting and after dinner. So basically it was dark. And there's one little spotlight and two kids just swimming around and a tired dad from work. What could possibly go wrong? Oh, I'm sure everything was fine. <clears throat> but again, we had to wait until it got dark because we ate. And we just had to wait 30 minutes. that would be a problem. So I think that's that, that leads us into the myth. That we're here to talk we about. To, what we used to know, what we're here to talk about, which is, Scott? I used to know that if you ate something and you didn't wait 30 minutes before swimming, that your body would cramp up into a tight ball and then you would die. <laughs> Seems kind of severe, but yep, that's what we were all told. I hate when that happens. <laughs> so this myth came from all sides oh yeah well we just talked about our parents yeah parents told us this over and over your parents told me about it my parents told you about it your parents would tell me my parents would tell you we'd go to someone else's house you go everywhere some stranger parent that we've never seen before would see us put down a burger (laughs) walk even near the water and they'd be like hey you hey kid get away from that water or you will die what are you crazy that's what the 70s was like (laughs) that's right pitched strange parents that you didn't know <laughs> just telling you what you. to do and you listened because <clears throat> it was the 70s that's right so um but i mean this myth has continued i mean there's even modern versions of this myth oh, i yeah. mean it's it's been referred to in big hero six yeah uh it's been referred to in lemony snicket's uh, a series of unfortunate events oh yeah um even the tigger movie tigger movie yes rule number three never bounce right after eating or you'll get tail cramps <laughs> so when tigger's talking about it it is real. If the big D is saying, Disney saying, don't go swimming, hey, who, who are we to argue? And you know where it was? It was the biggest drag for me 
was where uh, I'm at summer camp. And all I want to do is just kind of run around summer camp and have a good time and go swimming, have some food, go swimming, have some food. But the counselors are always coming in on you saying you cannot go swimming because you ate. They believe the myth, too, and they perpetrated it. Yes, and your buddy would narc on you if you did sneak a snack and try to go in there because you had to have the buddy tags. Buddy system. Right? Buddy system. Blow the whistle. Where's your buddy? Why Safety are you first. not near your buddy? That's right. Well, and um, and your buddy, if they saw you take a little snack and go in the water, they'd be like, hey, that guy just ate. And it's like off, the, the narc system. Yeah. But then, of course, the big summer camp was... Oh, Boy Scouts. You go to Boy Scout camp, and this is where you're going to get all your merit badges. That's this right. This is where you're going to learn leadership skills. And, and it's paramilitary. Paramilitary. They got <clears throat> rules. They have rules. There's. Uh, it's, it's not the military, but man, you know, there are definite, you know, salute stuff, things going on like that. Lots and lots of rules. And if you broke these rules, you get in trouble. And one of their rules was, of course, don't go swimming after 30 minutes of eating. Yeah. In fact, you wouldn't be able to go towards the merit badge after like the dining hall time. Yeah. Yeah. Because they knew better. <laughs> well, they're just trying to save your life. Exactly. Right? If you eat and go swimming, you're going to die. And that, that that's really where it came from, was from Boy Scouts in the 1908 uh book called scouting for boys if you page around through there and get to the swimming section you can find a paragraph and i'm going to read this verbatim this is what it really says first there is the danger of cramp if you bathe within an hour and a half after taking a meal that is before your food is digested you are very likely to get cramp Cramp doubles you up in extreme pain so that you cannot move your arms or legs, and down you go. You may drown, and it will be your own fault. End paragraph. Your own fault. <laughs> that is crazy. <clears throat> Written by a lawyer, I think. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is in the scouting manual. This is what it says. Now, <laughs> Later on, they they tone it down a little bit more in the in the next revision of the Boy Scout Handbook in 1911, and they they kind of come back from some of the rhetoric, but they still say that many boy swimmers make the mistake of going into the water too soon after eating, and the stomach and the digestive organs are busy preparing the food for the blood and body, and suddenly they're called upon to care for the work of the swimmer and that change is too quick for the organs and the process of your digestion stops congestion is apt to follow and then paralyzing cramps so if you're a good boy scout and you're going by the boy scout handbook you are not only not going to go swimming after eating you're going to be terrified of swimming after eating and even if you're not a good boy scout you really don't want to die. <laughs> Dying <clears throat> is bad. Yes, I agree. So, but that was that was in the old days. So I'm sure people kind of like wised up. Well, not for a around. while. I mean, uh, if you fast forward, you know, you go through World War One, Two. You're into everyone's coming back from the war. <clears throat> it's the space race time. It's people are going out and having barbecues with their friends. The suburbs are blooming. People are off to the Catskills or wherever for the summer. And they're enjoying, of course, swimming, whether it's in pools or it's in the lakes that are all over the place. And the myth continues. Do not swim 30 minutes after you eat. 
However, if you look back at that time, a lot of uh, there have been people, sociologists that have looked and such and said, you know, what's interesting is the parents are usually busy with their friends. So they're either cooking the burgers or they're eating the burgers and they're talking with their friends. And, you know, they don't quite eat the same way a kid does, right? A kid grabs the burger, woofs it down, Scarfing. and they're ready for the next event, which is usually a swim. And the parents are like, I'm enjoying my burger. <laughs> and so for them to be able to say, and you just ate and you will die if you go in that water, you've got to wait 30 minutes, meant that, hey, they've got 30 more minutes with their friends. That is a very convenient rule for them to come up with right at that moment. <clears throat> it's it's definitely convenient. And, and though there's no, I would say, total proof of that, it is an interesting coincidence uh, how that rule really spread big in the 50s. <laughs> but then, I mean, this rumor has never gone away. We were kids of the 70s. Um, my brother-in-law and them are the kids of the 80s. I remember the 80s. And uh, the big 80s. And, you know, in 1989, though, in the very, finally, people are starting to talk about this as a myth. So a gastroenterologist in the New York University School of Medicine finally starts publishing some, some articles saying that while swimming is strenuously on a full stomach could conceivably lead to a cramp, uh, for most recreational swimmers, the chances are small. And at least one study that looked at drownings in the United States found that fewer than 1% occurred after the victim ate a meal. Less than 1%. So that's that's sort of going after the whole myth concept there. Yeah, I um, think uh, those data doesn't lie. And then uh, another study uh, later on in that year from the Journal of Pediatrics looked at almost 100 adolescents who drowned in Washington, and they found that 25% of them were actually intoxicated, and that's what caused their drowning. Wow. So, you know, it's not the eating necessarily they were focused on, but they're saying, look, the, the drownings we're looking at, we're really worried about the use of alcohol before you're swimming. 25%. And a year later in 1990, a study of hundreds of drowning deaths uh, among adults in California found that 41% of those what? deaths were alcohol related. 41%? Holy cow. You're kidding me. So... You know, basically, you know, studies are starting to prove, yes, the 30 minutes for eating isn't your real concern. What your real concern is yeah. having alcohol before you go swimming. That is amazing. That's a really bad idea. Cool. I had no idea. Well, then to the rescue in 2008, there's a bulletin that's that's published by the AARP. <laughs> the uh, and you know why it was the ARP that did this uh, bulletin, right? <laughs> Tell me why. Because they're the ones who read the Boy Scout book in <laughs> 1911. That's right. <laughs> and they're like, is this real? <laughs> <laughs> and they come up, the ARP uh, publishes a, a bulletin and sends it to all of their members saying, don't worry, there's nothing special about the water itself that causes a problem for stomach cramps. So think of eating before you exercise in water the same as you would think of eating and while you exercise on dry land any sport if you're gonna if you're gonna take a jog if you're gonna just even just go walking after dinner if um if you're gonna play some soccer or some football or some hockey 
If you eat a lot of food right before you exercise, you're not going to feel all that great, right? And the same is true for swimming. You eat, then you exercise. It's not going to be the best for you, but you're not going to die. So my, my, my favorite quote in that article, though, is the one that starts with, think, of, think about it like any sport. If you wanted to go for a walk after dinner, that's fine. So getting into the pool and swimming around, so it's getting into the pool and swimming around, but would you do a stressful running or high-impact aerobic workout right after dinner? <laughs> Probably not. Otherwise, you might see your dinner again. And the same is true for swimming. That is some good scientific writing right there. I mean, they, they just get right to the, the core of the matter. So in 2011, there was a paper done by the American Red Cross Scientific Advisory Committee. They did a scientific review, eating before swimming, and uh, it was for the International Journal of Aquatic Research and Education. <laughs> Sounds very formal. Yes, and it was a, it was an in-depth review. So in this particular paper, they really didn't do their own research. What they focused on was looking at all the people who have ever done scientific research or real papers on this very subject of can you eat and then swim safely. All right, so this is real science. This is not the Boy Scout handbook or some bulletin from the Retirement Association. This is this is hardcore medical doctors, scientific uh, well, researchers. Sort of. I mean, this particular paper is more like um, I don't know, the, the summary of all those papers, right? So it's really just a big review of a bunch of different papers. So it's all filled with citations, some gotcha. science, some not so sciencey. Uh, and in fact, because of that, they did come up with a way of rating all the citations that they have involved. So what they did was when they would read a paper, they classified the material from class uh, one through four where class one was convincingly justifiable on scientific evidence alone. And then the, the bottom one would be no convincing scientific evidence available, but supported by rational conjecture, expert opinion, and or peer-reviewed publications. All right. All right. So I think I'm getting it. So what, um, give me an example of one of the things that they found or looked at. Sure. So in one of the articles, we'll do one on the effect of food consumption on 200-yard freestyle swimmers, uh, their performance, which was done by Research Quarterly in 1968. So in this case here, 12 male competitive swimmers ages 15 to 21 were fed a large meal and then asked to uh, wait different time intervals before swimming. The intervals were a half hour, one hour, and two hours. Then they had a control group swim the same distance, but didn't eat beforehand. Uh, in addition, being timed, swimmers were asked to report any discomfort or problems such as cramps or nausea. Or uh, dying. <laughs> or dying. And, or regurgitation of any sort. And they reported no stomach cramps were observed when they were doing this. All right, so, so they had all these people scientifically controlled, eat food, wait, go swimming, Nothing happened. Yeah. All right. 
Exactly. So this is a great paper. If you go to your nearest Google machine and look for the American Red Cross Scientific Advisory Committee review, Eating Before Swimming, you too can read all the different citations and all the different research that came in that basically you know, was debunking the whole concept of waiting 30 minutes before you go swimming so you don't die. Yeah, that's a great little resource there because there were so many different misconceptions about this whole uh, cramping up after you eat myth. This is one way to uh, kind of get the the real deal. One of the examples of bogus, incorrect kind of uh, interpretation of why this happens to your body was that uh, some people thought that you only had so much blood in your body, right? And when you ate, now all of a sudden your stomach is demanding the blood to rush towards the stomach to help it digest the food. So that steals the blood away from your extremities, your hands, your arms, your legs, everything you need to go swimming. And that's why you would cramp up and die. (laughs) The uh, Duke University looked into all this and uh, basically said, well, your body does need a little extra blood to help in digestion, but not so much blood that it's going to just suck it out of your arms and legs. Now, that's not why you prune up when you're swimming. It's not because the blood went away from your fingers. I didn't even think of that. I was like, where'd my blood go? Oh, it's all in my stomach. No, it's a, it, the biggest danger you're going to get is maybe a minor cramp why? because you're exercising after you eat. So thank you, Duke. You know, and, and if you think about this research that's being done, right, in the end, really what we're focused on, when you, when you bring it, boil it down to a, a particular one little segment here, it's really about how you eat and exercise. Because swimming is a great form of exercise, and, you know, we're talking about eating before it. I guess the big difference with swimming is if you mess up, you know, you can end up there. Were, they were worried about you sinking to Davy Jones locker. The right? bottom of the sea. Exactly. But but, you know, and if you're if you're running, what are you going to do? You're going to just kind of like collapse on the ground and and wail in pain. Right. So <laughs> not as deadly in, in their minds. Right. That's right. But so this is really what you're focused on is how you should eat and then exercise. So in general, there's some tips here that, that journals have published about the way you should eat and exercise. And, and one of the first things they remind everyone is when you're eating for exercise, you should just eat for the energy. Um, two to three hours before your exercise, you should eat a combination of carbohydrates and protein. Uh, the carbohydrates will give you plenty of energy, and then the protein is going to sustain that energy. Uh, with some suggested meals and snacks, including a half a whole wheat bagel, maybe topped with some peanut butter or maybe a cup of yogurt with some fruit. That's a nice, healthy meal. The other thing is if you are a person that likes to go and get up early and wake up and go exercise, that's one of your first routines, it's really important that you break your fast and have breakfast, right? I mean, that's the whole point of it. That's being called breakfast. When you eat before you do your workout, you're actually fueling your workout and you're going to burn those calories more efficiently. If you can't stomach a really big meal, then you should just eat like a half a banana or a small apple, something to get your metabolism kick-started. And then, of course, if you do a lot of exercising, which I can tell you I don't, but uh, I've seen it, um, is you need to hydrate properly. Lots of water. Uh, during your workout, 
a reminder is that, you know, if you're doing a workout that's not super long, if you're not swimming across, you know, the English channel here, you don't necessarily need to eat for your workout. Meaning, you know, if you're going to drink something, you don't have to have a sports drink. If you are doing a long-term exercise, then you should have maybe a little sports drink or something, but, or have a piece of fruit to keep your blood sugar in check. Yeah. But you should avoid any real sugary juices or sodas. And really water is your best friend when you're exercising. That's what I've heard. And, you know, in general, if you're going to eat before your exercise, do yourself a favor and eat healthy. Remember that just because you're doing a workout doesn't mean you could eat the box of Twinkies, right? <laughs> you should watch your calorie intake and make healthy food choices that support the work you're doing in the gym. True enough. True enough. That's a lot to take in. But I hope you've all understood that the risk is very minimal. Let's go through it. So, Scott, is swimming right after you eat dangerous? Well, I mean, if you go back to the Boy Scout manual, uh, it is. You <laughs> you have certain depth. Certain death. Certain death. Mm. Uh, and uh, what was that? You're going to have paralyzing cramps. Paralyzing cramps, and it's all your fault. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's bogus. So, and... What about our parents? Yeah, the parents, they basically were lazy. They were using this as an excuse to keep us from bothering them or, or keep us from taking their attention away from their friends and their barbecue and their cookout. That's right. They and could eat their burger and not worry about playing lifeguard for the time. Now we know. It's on you, parents. And then the Journal of Pediatrics. Nope. They say, nope, the eating part is not what's dangerous. And so does Duke Health. Duke Health, they came forward and said, eh, what's going to happen? Maybe a minor cramp? Eh, that's it. Of course, the definitive answer comes from our friends at the AARP. To the rescue, AARP, adding some sanity to the conversation. They say, it's the same as eating before any other activity. So it's not going to be pleasant if you eat too much in an exercise. But, eh, what are you going to do? And the things we do need to worry about, though. Oh, yeah, real things. There's some real things you should worry about, though, if you're going to swim. And um, one is, again, focusing on you should eat for energy. And if you make sure you, you've eaten something before you go swimming, because you're going to need that for your metabolism while you're doing your swimming. That's right. Oh, and hydrate. Get some water in you. Yes. And, uh, and always think about the healthy choices in your meals when you're, when you're eating. That's right. And then there's the one thing, do not do. Yeah, definitely do not do. It, this could probably be more classified as certain death. It could be. <laughs> At yeah. 41% from the California study, it, it's pretty close to certain death. That's I mean, mind-boggling. It's not quite a coin flip, but it's close. Don't drink alcohol before you swim. Yes, that's a bad idea. Yeah, At least wait 30 minutes before. No. <laughs> that's a good rule. Hey, I think I've heard that rule. <laughs> so, Don't swim for 30 minutes after drinking. So, um, but yeah, alcohol is not your friend if you want to go swimming. Dangerous. Okay. So with that, thanks again for listening to I Used to Know. If you like what you hear, go tell a friend. Check us out on Facebook or wherever you get your podcast fix. Thanks again for listening to us. Thanks, everybody.